Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. We've got a free 31-page PDF. It's a great study guide uh, on the top 200 medications. Uh, I lay out some of the most important things that you're going to need to know for clinical practice, as well as things that often come up on board exams. So uh, go check that out. Great little uh, review or refresher for you there. All right. So let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is gentamicin. And for purposes of this podcast, I'm going to primarily focus on systemic. Um, most of the times we're going to be doing uh, IV administration inside a hospital or in an institutionalized setting, um, potentially some, some outpatient IV therapy and stuff like that too. Um, but that's really going to be my, my primary focus here. So primary uses of that injectable gentamicin, um, usually it's fairly severe infections, but um, in situations where maybe we don't have many options or there's you know tons of resistance or something like that, uh, you may see this medication utilized there too. So uh, urinary tract infections, um, meningitis cases, sepsis, um, in those severe situations, life-threatening situations, uh, it's generally going to be used as add-on therapy uh, in empiric cases. Uh, where maybe we can't utilize another agent, uh, or we need to, uh, you know, cover certain bacteria. Uh, there are a few other uses uh, that that are of note, I guess. Um, one I, I guess I wanted to mention was gonorrhea. Um, it is kind of a down the line option if patients have uh, intolerances to some of the the main drugs. There, it it has been um, shown to have some activity against that type of infection. Uh, mechanistically, how does gentamicin work? So it binds the 30S ribosomal subunit. Uh, it's classified as an aminoglycoside. By binding that 30S ribosomal subunit, this inhibits bacterial protein uh, formation or synthesis. And ultimately, that impacts the uh, cell membrane formation. Dosing with this medication, uh, this is definitely something that comes up in clinical practice, may even show up on board exams periodically. Um, so the dosing for gentamicin starts off as weight-based when you're determining an initial dose to use. Now, there's various dosages you're going to use based upon uh, the weight of the patient. So in patients who are underweight, we're typically just going to use their weight. Um, patients kind of in and around ideal weight, we're going to use ideal body weight. And uh, we've also got a formula for adjusted body weight. I'm not going to get into the formula and that sort of thing. I think that's kind of hard to remember uh, on a podcast anyway. Um, but I think if you remember, it's weight-based dosing. And be sure that you look up the dosing if you aren't sure or don't use it very often. Uh, that's definitely going to be a really, really important thing uh, to think about there. Uh, another thing that can factor into the dosing of this medication is the severity of the infection. That's going to be really, really important as well. Uh, and there's also different dosing intervals. There's an extended interval and there's a conventional or traditional interval for dosing gentamicin as well. I'll get into that a little bit further uh, coming up here. 
I did want to mention coverage. So gentamicin uh, is known for its gram-negative coverage. Uh, has some activity for Pseudomonas, which is a, a common drug-resistant bacteria. Uh, so that's definitely uh, one to remember. So remember Pseudomonas on um, uh, board exams and, and things like that. Gentamicin has some coverage there. For gram-negative infections... Uh, we're going to generally be using kind of higher dosages compared to um, this medication being used for uh, gram-positive infections for its synergistic effect. So it's going to be used with another antibiotic if it's being used typically for gram-positive infections. And in that synergistic role, uh, we're going to generally tend to use lower dosages there. All right, let's dig a little bit deeper on dosing and dosages and things of that nature. So um, I alluded to the extended interval dosing of gentamicin. Uh, Might see that used in gram-negative infections. And again, weight-based dosing. So it's going to be in the neighborhood of 5 to 7 milligrams per kilogram. Conventional and traditional dosing, that's going to be given three times a day compared to the extended interval dosing, which is generally once a day. Uh, Now, keep in mind that gentamicin is eliminated significantly by the kidney. So we've got to pay attention to that renal function if we're using this medication uh, because that's going to uh, potentially alter that interval that we're using. Um, Obviously, if they have worse renal function, Uh, We're going to have to extend that interval out further, uh, and so on and so forth. So with that conventional or traditional dosing, um, we're going to use a lower dose, 3 to 5 milligrams per kilogram uh, per day there. All right, let's talk a little bit about adverse effects. Uh, In particular, I want to mention a couple of warnings first and foremost. So nephrotoxicity and ototoxicity. So hearing impairment can basically uh, happen with this medication. And this hearing impairment can be irreversible. So what increases the risk of that nephrotoxicity and ototoxicity? It's pretty common sense. Higher dosages, uh, longer treatment period. Uh, And then I alluded to the uh, renal function issue. If patients have poor renal function, uh, we're increasing the risk that we're going to have that accumulation and potentially increase the risk for that nephrotoxicity and ototoxicity. Uh, In addition to uh, renal and hearing issues, uh, we may cause some neurotoxicity uh, if concentrations get too high or to toxic levels. Uh, So, you know, muscle muscle twitching, tingling, uh, those type of changes can occur as well. Uh, if a patient is experiencing some gentamicin toxicities. As far as drug levels go, um, in risks associated with those toxicities, uh, high peak levels of gentamicin, generally that's considered greater than um, 10 to 12 peak levels, uh, or a trough level of greater than 2 micrograms per mil. So um, those are a couple good numbers to remember. If we go above those, uh, greater than 2 with the trough draw or greater than uh, 12 with the uh, peak draw, 
we are putting our patients at greater risk for those toxicities. Uh, Another important point to note, avoid uh, this medication in pregnancy. It can cause some fetal harm. Uh, Other adverse effects, issues potentially associated. Uh, Naturally, anytime we use uh, an antibiotic, um, broader spectrum antibiotics, we are increasing the risk for C. diff. Uh, so that's something to, and, and colitis. So that's something to pay attention there too as well. Um, other potential adverse effects. Obviously, whenever you're giving an IV infusion, you know, there's a potential that a patient could uh, react or have some hypersensitivities and things of, of that nature there. Uh, just kind of topping off on the uh, kinetics discussion, I wanted to be a little bit more specific here. Um, so again, renally eliminated is the, the primary course of elimination. Uh, getting down to specifics, it is 70% uh, eliminated in the urine as unchained, unchanged drug. So we generally don't need to worry about SIP interactions or liver issues that way um, because this is primarily eliminated through the urine. But naturally, if we have issues with renal impairment, that's going to greatly increase the risk for toxicity. So again, got to pay attention to that dosing and dosing interval for sure. Uh, Monitoring levels, I alluded to uh, kind of those levels that may increase the risk of toxicity significantly. Um, We also monitor levels to help with efficacy and making sure we're we're getting uh, those drug concentrations where where we want them. So uh, peak levels, Generally, the target is going to be anywhere from 3 to 10 milligrams per mil, or excuse me, micrograms per mil. Um, So 3 to 10, that's a very, very broad range. I get that. Uh, For severe infections, we're going to shoot for that higher end, you know, in that 7 to 10 range. Um, Kind of moderate, less severe infections, you know, we might target in the 4 to 6 range. Um, If we're using it for... Uh, synergy, gram-positive synergy. Again, that's kind of lower dose spectrum. Um, we might be in that three to four microgram per mil uh, target concentration range for peaks. Uh, troughs, we want to target less than two micrograms per mil. Um, ideally, less than, than one if possible. Um, and that's probably more and more likely as we have you know less and less severe infection that we get to that less than one uh, microgram per mil. But obviously, the lower um, that trough concentration, as long as we're still treating the infection, um, the lower the risk we're going to have on some of those toxicities like ototoxicity and nephrotoxicity. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with the drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, NAPLEX, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got a great list of resources there. Uh, we've got plenty of Amazon books as well for all different healthcare professionals, whether you're a nurse, pharmacy technician, pharmacist, medical student, physician, PA, nurse practitioner, uh, all sorts of different books on drug interactions, polypharmacy. Uh, We've even got crossword puzzle books on pharmacology if you're a student. Uh, So lots of different options there. And you can find all those links at meded101.com slash store. Any purchases at the website and on Amazon uh, go directly to support this podcast. So I greatly appreciate it. 
All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So again, we kind of throw out the CYP enzymes, not something I worry about with gentamicin, not something that we're going to have to pay too close attention to. Uh, the additive toxicity is probably the biggest thing I pay attention to. So um, nephrotoxicity. Uh, there are numerous drugs that can cause nephrotoxicity. Um, cisplatin, uh, that's a, a chemotherapy agent. Vancomycin, uh, colistin, amphotericin B, an antifungal agent. Uh, these are all drugs that are, are well known to cause nephrotoxicity. And adding it on top of an aminoglycoside like gentamicin can increase that risk. Uh, same with ototoxicity. There's one uh, kind of class of drugs, classic example of a medication that can increase the risk for ototoxicity, and that would be uh, loop diuretics, such as furosemide being a, a classic example there. So again, higher concentrations, longer duration of use, um, and then using it, uh, using these medications in combination with each other, gentamicin and, and uh, medication like furosemide, uh, can increase that risk for ototoxicity. And last but not least, there are some medications uh, that may reduce the excretion, the renal elimination of gentamicin. Uh, some penicillin antibiotics can do this. Um, NSAIDs have been associated with this as well. Um, also remember that NSAIDs um, can cause some renal impairment issues uh, on their own, uh, even with without aminoglycosides like gentamicin. Um, but I think it's really, really important to recognize um, those medications and their potential to um, reduce gentamicin excretion, which is ultimately going to increase the overall concentrations of this medication. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Hopefully you picked up some practice pearls. Uh, if you did, please do me a huge favor. Leave me a rating review on iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, please share us with friends, colleagues, other healthcare professionals, students that work with you, uh, anyone who could benefit from some pharmacology education. If you want to reach out to me, uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can track me down on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. And of course, don't forget to support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. And I thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.